Indispensable is a podcast focused on hearing about the business truths, tools, and tips others can't do without. After interviewing hundreds of people for their LinkedIn profiles and talking with thousands of people looking to use professional platforms more strategically, I've had the pleasure of meeting and getting to know people that lead, create, and engage within their companies and in their communities with great intention, abundance, focus, and sheer grit. I want to share their stories so that you can gain insight from a variety of people, not just the podcast and tech rock stars that have become household names. Rather, let's focus on the people whose stories influence those around them, and maybe even you. Everyone has indispensable truths, tools, and tips, even if they haven't realized it yet. And while this podcast isn't about LinkedIn and how to use it, it may weave its way in from time to time. It is, after all, our favorite platform for networking and doing business. Come, join us, and get to know some of my colleagues, clients, friends, and neighbors. Hi, everyone. This is Colleen McKenna from Indispensable, the podcast that talks about the business truths, tools, and tips you can't do without. Welcome to episode 16. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Today, Sarah Bentley, our marketing specialist and extraordinaire, I should say, our marketing specialist extraordinaire, is joining us to talk about some of the tools that we use. There are lots of apps and platforms that we use to run our business that I think are really important and people ask me all the time. What is this tool? What are you using? How do you use the how do you use these tools to run your business and um, stay ahead of the curve? How do you keep track of them? So when Sarah joined us, she kind of had to jump into some that I had already been using and the team had been using and others she kind of added on as she went, depending on the project and the initiative we were working on. So welcome, Sarah. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's just jump right in. And probably one of the first things that Matt Cullity, who is our web development person, said to me is, wow, you probably use more tools and apps than any <laughs> single person I've ever seen. And I kind of laughed, but it's probably true. I do have a propensity to give, a, give an app a try, don't I, Sarah? Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> so when you think about some of the tools that we use, mostly the ones we use on a day-to-day -day basis, I think they fall into a couple of categories, communication, mm -hmm. marketing, content for our blog and our podcast, and some really basic ones just for calendaring events and meetings and all of that. So we're going to kind of take them in buckets. Okay, Sarah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds good. So what are some of the tools that we use and tell us what you think about them related to communication? Um, so I guess I would start with Slack. Um, Slack's one of our main communication channels just for within Intero. Um, it's really great because we can group message each other. Um, we can also communicate with each other one-to-one -one and it's like, serves as an instant messaging sort of platform. So everything's instant. Um, it's really great because Colleen is on a different floor than the rest of us. So if she ever needs our opinions or needs anything right away, we can jump right down to her office. 
Um, we also use it to share content between one another. So um, if someone else has responsibility for the blog, they share with me not only their Google Docs um, through there and I get a, an instant notification, but they also sh will share with me pictures, um, really anything along those lines. Or just if we have a question about something, it's really simple just to ask through Slack. Um, we also have it hooked up to Inside, so if any member uses um, Inside, we get an instant notification through that as well. Right, so some of these tools that we're going to be talking about today, they integrate with one another, and it makes it really easy so that you don't always have to be logging into each app individually, right, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm somebody who, I'm not really a fan of email. I feel like we all just get so many emails and I actually have my emails divided up. Um, we use um, Gmail. So I have all of my Intero internal emails all in one section um, so that I can just see everybody from the team. But I always default to Slack because I just think it's so much easier I think we're probably using only 10 or 20% of what Slack can actually do. Maybe maybe more, but I don't know. Um, there's probably a lot more we could be doing on Slack, but it is a go-to tool for us every single day. Yeah, definitely. And I actually send direct messages right to myself, you know, mm -hmm. things on, <laughs> which Sarah laughs because there's probably no surprise there, like articles that I want to read and save for later. And so I use um, Slack a lot, a lot like some people use Evernote, which is sort of as their, you know, digital brain and just put things there. And then I can go back through and skim it and sometimes can usually find things. I don't know. Um, Sarah, you talked a little bit about Intercom and you mentioned Inside. Can you share a little bit about what Inside is and how we use Intercom? Yeah. So Inside is basically an entire learning platform of our knowledge and expertise. So it lays out using a lot of different tools and resources, um, all of the different ways that you can be effective using LinkedIn. So whether that's for personal branding, whether it's for business development, recruiting, um, paid marketing and advertising, the list goes on and on, building employment branding. Um, we've really built out a learning platform that's created for seamless learning and so that people can actually um, be effective using LinkedIn and utilize all of all that it has to offer. Um, Intercom is a really special tool that we use and it's unique because it is not only a live chat, so if any user is on Intercom, they can immediately live chat us from both inside the site and outside of the site. So if they have any questions about um, signing up, they can do that and use that. But also if they are a member, um, they can put anything into the chat window. And like I said, it comes through to Slack, it comes through to our emails, and we can respond right away to them during normal business hours um, and just answer their questions. And really, we kind of, if anyone has a super specific question about LinkedIn, we're more than happy to get on there and give them some extra resources if they want. Um, we've also used it like if people have asked a question and we're like, oh, we should really make some sort of document on that to put into Inside. So we've used it for a development tool as well. It's also great because it allows us to track how, how many times someone has signed on to inside so we can see um, if users are kind of slipping away from us or 
if they're new users, we can kind of craft a message that goes specifically to them. Um, so Intercom has a lot of ways that you can target users differently based on criteria. So it's, it's really unique. Um, it's a really great tool. It integrates with a lot of different tools as well. So we can put our webinars in there. Um, it connects up to Zoom. Uh, it also connects to MailChimp. It really it connects to IRAD now. So there's just a lot of really great ways that that live chat has kind of allowed us to give something extra to our users and provide more value. Right, and IRAD, let's talk about IRAD for a minute. Um, we've been using IRAD for the last couple of years, and the CEO, Sandeep Patel, has um, really become somebody that I look forward to always talking to because he's just so brilliant with all of this online. Um, he has just amazing online expertise. But IRAD is the tutorial platform that Sandeep built a few years ago, and it allows you to create step-by-step -step tutorials, which we really feel is the cornerstone of Inside. And these tutorials um, help people with very specific to-dos and actions and learning as it relates to LinkedIn. And when Sandeep told us one time on a phone call, oh my gosh, we have an integration with Intercom, we were like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So somebody can be inside of um, Inside. So one of our members can be there and they can be looking for a specific tutorial. And Sarah's built it so that they can do a search and that tutorial, if we have it, will pop up. And there's over, I think, well, we have over 100 tutorials at this point. Yeah, yeah, over 100. Right. And that, I think, what was so great about IRED is it really helps solve a problem and it can be used in endless ways in companies and for individuals. Anybody who's doing coaching or training should really take a deep dive, you know, with IRED because it helps you capture information that people are asking for all the time. And you can send that out as a tutorial to them. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm, I'm a visual learner, so I like to see things in front of me as well as like reading them. So I think it just adds a great visual aspect for people who want to see the steps step by step done. Specific to us, we're doing it in right in LinkedIn, so they can hop right over to LinkedIn and just mimic those same steps. Um, but it helps kind of train your brain to see all the steps so that you know, you're going to get comfortable with it and then you can jump right into LinkedIn and you won't even have to look at that tutorial anymore. But then it's always there for you to reference also. So I just think IRAD's another great kind of way that allows our users to really learn and um, experience all of LinkedIn. And considering their growth, they've had amazing growth over the last couple of years. And I think there's lots of people, Sarah, just like you, who are visual learners. Right? Like you just need to see it. You can download it if you want into a PDF. You can print it out if you need to. But I think so much um, learning has to be kind of multi-sensory, right? So you can, you can, it actually has an audio. So you can hear in many cases, Sarah, mm -hmm. actually doing the steps, right? Saying yeah. the steps for you. So that's what, definitely one of our favorite tools. While I might not use iRed every single day, um, there are definitely applications in our business for IRN every, that mm -hmm. could be put to use every single day. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about um, website. What are some of the tools that you use for the website? So WordPress is kind of the cornerstone of our website and the way that we build everything. Um, and it's become one of my favorite tools. You can really add anything into WordPress. So 
based on what you want in there, whether it's an e-commerce platform, whether it's your blog, we've put our podcast right into our website. We've really been able to adapt it the way that we want to. And Matt's also been, he's basically like the brains behind all of it, but he's been able to use WordPress and leverage it in ways that's allowed us to kind of attract and evolve over time with our website. So I think WordPress pertaining to me, I really use it for the blog. And it's great because we write all of our blogs in Google Docs first, and then we'll, we'll, I'll edit them. I think it's easiest to edit in a Google Doc. And then I'll copy and paste it into the blog and go from there. But it's really cool because you can add in pictures, you can add in quotes right there. Um, and the way that they actually have just updated it, it's really easy to use. So you just have to click on the plus button if you want to add in anything. You can add in really anything that you want in there. We've embedded tutorials in there before. So I think it's just a really easy tool to use. And then it also has a built-in metadata for so that you can um, SEO optimize so that your blogs show up and they're a lot more visible on Google searches. And then you can also schedule posts. So we schedule all of our posts to go out on Tuesdays. So that's super simple to do in WordPress. Right. And one of the tools that I use before the blog even comes to you is Grammarly. Yeah. I don't want to look so embarrassed when I send it over to you that, you know, Sarah's our <laughs> grammarian. So I, um, I need to look reasonably intelligent before I send it over to Sarah. <laughs> and so absolutely one of my top three tools that I use every single day is Grammarly. It pops up. I have an um, upgraded version, a premium version of Grammarly, which I don't know how much it is. I, I believe it's under a hundred dollars. It is so well worth it because not only can I log into Grammarly and put a document in there, you know, or a copy some text in there. It's in my Gmail, it's in LinkedIn, it's on anything that I am working on. So I always feel as though I have a little bit of extra protection. So let's talk about Grammarly for a second too. How do you use Grammarly? Grammarly is amazing. Um, I actually, I'm logged into Colleen, so I kind <laughs> of reap the benefits of hers as well. But I, I like could not live without it. I highly recommend using the premium version. I have the free version on my own and it just doesn't provide you with the same perks. Grammarly is awesome because you can, it'll pick up on prepositions um, at the end of sentences. It'll pick up on passive tone. It'll give you suggestions on words if you've overused a word. There's times when I'm like, do I put a comma here or not? And it'll tell you whether it's right or wrong. So like those really nitty gritty grammar rules that you probably haven't used since high school, middle school, those are in grammar there. So school. It's really, yeah. So it's really great, especially if you're ever unsure about anything. I always use it as a way to double check. I've written a post on it actually, but I read over my stuff two to three times or any of the stuff that we created in tarot two to three times before I actually will publish it just because looking at something one time either I'm tired of looking at it or there's stuff I'm bound to miss so reading over things two to three times is definitely worthwhile but also I just plug it into Grammarly before I even put it anywhere that way I know that all of my grammar is right um, anyone else's grammar is right and so that we are showing up the best way possible to our audience. Yeah, I think it's really, really important. And even, you know, we see a lot of people in LinkedIn messaging and I'm like, wow, 
clearly they didn't read that or catch that. Sometimes they're doing it from their phone. And even those short messages, responses, um, when we're not paying attention to them or double checking them and we're just hitting, you know, send too quickly, you know, when we do that and we don't catch these things, it leaves an impression with somebody else. So that's why we're big on just upgrading to grammar, uh, the premium version and having it across all of your devices mm -hmm. and using it that way, right? Yeah, definitely. And just like taking the time to really read over those questions or those responses that you have because sometimes it just adds another response that we have to come back and say, what did you mean by this? Or um, can you clarify? And so then that just adds more time in the whole chain of conversation when it, if you just take the time to reread it even once or twice, even if you're in a hurry, it just helps us so much more because we can get done what we need to quickly without having to go back and forth. Right. And Grammarly, I just saw a release last week where now you can go in and I've been playing with this and I think it actually works. You can go in and put in, do you want to sound expert? Is this for business? Do you want to sound yeah. confident, um, analytical, enthusiastic, right? So now you can kind of almost create a style to the writing that you do that you put into Grammarly and it helps you come up with words that are going to fit that style. And I think that's great. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually just saw that feature today and I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. I think it's it's a really good way to just show up your, your best online. I was actually editing a blog for tomorrow and I saw that and I was like, oh, I wonder how this works. And I clicked on business professional and it, it brought up a little bit different language suggestions than it normally would. Sometimes it just gives you a little bit generic responses, um, but this I think helps really a lot because usually I'm going to the thesaurus or, or like online dictionary to try and find synonyms to change up my language. So this is easy. It's just writing grammarly. Right. And using a thesaurus is probably something that you do pretty regularly, just like Erin talked about when we, Erin and I talk, she's like, I always have that open. Yeah, definitely. If there's, if I'm ever overusing a word and I just like can't think of something on the spot, I'm always, I always go straight to thesaurus online and like I just type it in, try and find another word. Well, we were looking at a blog last week, you and I, where um, you were asked to edit this blog, and within one paragraph, I think they had used the word, the same word, five or six times at least, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> we were like, okay, let's roll that back a little bit. Yeah. Right? Sometimes we don't realize, and it's, you know, we just have to kind of think about how that comes across once again. So... Um, Grammarly is definitely at the end we're gonna do our top three and Grammarly is probably probably number number two on my top three yes um, what do we use for marketing and sending out our blog and emails so the main source that I've used and Colleen kind of gave me the choice when I came in about a year ago she was like we have all of these email platforms that we're using, I want to get it down to one, like, let's pick one. And the one that I found the most seamless and the easiest to use was drip drips really great, because you can build templates, we use it for automation. So building just kind of sequences so that it'll actually pull every Tuesday morning from our website using RSS feed. So it'll just automatically pick up whatever blog is on there that's new, and it'll send it out to all of our blog users. So they Drip's really great in that it seamlessly integrates with a lot of other tools as well. But 
I personally use it to build the weekly digest every single week. I've built a template out for that. It's really great. I just go in, I copy the template, and then I just add in the new stuff for the week, and then I schedule it to go out, and it's easy. It's a really great tool to use, um, and it kind of can be adapted to whether you're doing marketing messages, um, campaigns, if you want to send several in one campaign. Um, We've done a lot of different stuff with it. And it allows you to tag and segment your users as well. So any blog users that we have, and we can also segment them separate from all of our inside users if we want to give them a specific message. We also use Drip for our lead gen. So any of our resources that you see on our website, we have a kind of, you just put in your email and it'll automatically send you the resource through there. But that's a great way for us to capture emails um, and interest and then we can later target those people down the road, um, ask them how they liked the resource so that we can get our own feedback. So Drip really is one of the tools that we can't live without. It's a great email marketing platform. Um, I've had experience with MailChimp and I think it's a great tool as well. It's a great alternative, but Drip has just been something that fits our needs a lot better. Great, and, and we've been doing email, marketing for over six years we've definitely tried a lot of tools but drip has the has been the one that actually has um as sarah said lasted and worked for us and i think that you've actually figured out these workflows and sequences my brain so does not think that way so <laughs> it's um it's so great to see that there are other people on the team whose brain works in a linear sequence so that we can plug these in and have them working for us behind the scenes um, let's talk about what we're on right now. We're recording our podcast and on Zoom, and mm -hmm. we use Zoom pretty much every day. We use it for coaching and online conversations. Sometimes we use just the audio. Sometimes we use um, the video. Like right now, I have found that with the podcast, it's way easier to have the video on so that we are not talking over one another. Just being able to see when somebody's going to start to like take a breath or move their lips is like, that's a good sign. <laughs> and it makes it a whole lot easier on the editing when Sarah's doing the editing so that she doesn't have to, I don't know, do whatever she does. So let's talk about <laughs> Zoom. What do you like about Zoom the most, Sarah? Um, I have to say Zoom is really great for me for two reasons. If I'm doing profile development. So um, interviewing a client for a profile, it's really great because I record our conversations and then I can re-listen to them in case I miss anything with my notes. So I'll go back and listen to the conversation or if I'm like writing it and I'm like, oh, I think they said something about this. Then I'll just go back in my Zoom recording and I'll have it right there for me. It downloads directly to my computer and I get it right after our call. So I can immediately start on the profile right away, which is really great for me because I like to start on stuff while it's fresh in my mind rather than like wait it on it a little bit. I also use it for coaching or really I've done a lot of walkthroughs with insight on it. So if anyone, if we have any interest from a business or a client that wants to look into inside, but they don't really grasp all that's on there, or um, they really just want to understand how they could benefit from it. I'll use the screen share feature and the screen share feature is really awesome because I can share my screen with the user. So they just have to be on the other end of the call on their computer and we'll go on and I'll, I can just walk them through whatever they have questions on um, and show them around my screen, which is really great. Or if I'm coaching, I'll have them do the reverse. So I'll have them share my screen with me and then I'll kind of walk them through and teach them that way they're performing the actions and they're kind of getting the, 
grasp of using it on their own versus me um, showing them and then they're just kind of retaining it through site. So I think it's really great tool for that as well. And then you record those too, and then they get that recording. So that's a great deliverable, yeah. right? They get something yeah. tangible that they can use. I've used, you know, um, all the other video conferencing tools over the years. Some days I, you know, still I'm on a couple of them. And I have found that Zoom is by far the easiest for others to jump into that meeting, jump on that call. Um, with It's just less cumbersome, I find. And they are continually, like all of the platforms that we're talking about today, continually updating and adding new features and trying to be as relevant to a changing marketplace as possible, right? So I think that more and more people will continue to use Zoom. One of the things we were talking about last week and we have to figure out is how to do some live streaming through Zoom so we could be doing webinars and, or actually not doing webinars, right? Doing mm -hmm. live streaming and talking about training through inside using Zoom as a live streaming something or other. I don't even know the yeah. language here. Yeah, definitely. So um, kind of like what you see now with Facebook and with Instagram, how they're using the go live feature and you can communicate with people right there. They can ask questions and you're just on it. We kind of want to try and find a way to use Zoom to have that, that live stream feature available right inside of inside so that people can utilize inside while they're also on the call with us. So they can ask questions um, that are not only helpful to everyone else that they, might be on their mind, but they can go into the actual module that they may have a question on, or it might be a specific tutorial and they can say, Hey, how do I use this and this, or how can I best utilize this? So it, I th we think, live streaming would be really great because it would be right inside of inside rather than going to a webinar, which is what we use Zoom for a lot now as well. Mm -hmm. And one of the tools that integrates with Zoom is something that you use for the podcast, which is otter.ai. So it's O-T-T-E-R dot A-I. And by the way, yes. we will have links to all of these tools in the show notes. Right, Sarah? Yeah. Yes. Um, so tell us about Otter. Otter.ai is kind of my lifesaver. Um, <laughs> before we discovered it, it, we only, we discovered it at like after one episode of the podcast. So not terrible, but for that first episode, um, I actually had to edit all in GarageBand and then had to re-listen to it to do the show notes and pause and play on every like main topic. So if you see the way the show notes are set up, they're they're set up by timestamp and then topic. So I try to go a little bit more general about like when a question starts. Um, that way people can listen to the entire conversation. And I would have to pause GarageBand and then jot down the time and then hit play and then stop it. And it was just like this really tedious kind of thing. And then I also would end up spending almost two and a half, three hours just on listening to the podcast alone. So editing is a whole nother Thing that I have to tackle, but listening to the podcast twice over takes me a lot of time. So Otter kind of did a shortcut for that where it transcribes the entire audio, which is really great because it'll do it after I've edited 
the podcast as well. So it takes out all the extras that I will cut out and it'll just be focused on the actual episode. And then from there I can do timestamps. Um, it splits it into who's talking, which is really great for me. So I'm not having to, um, listen to it. I can just see, okay, Colleen is the yellow dot and, the guest is the red dot. So it's really simple that way. And then the transcription alone just helps me so much because I can go in and find the questions that are being asked. Um, and like I said, I like to do stuff when it's fresh in my mind. So I'll go and do Otter AI usually right after I edit, but so that I know um, those main questions and those main topics, they're really fresh in my mind, but then I can go and actually find them in the text and I know that I'm not missing anything. So whenever I do write show notes, I try to only allow... Um, a few minutes in between each time segment so that I know I'm not missing anything. But if someone goes a little bit longer on a response, then I'll allow five minutes. But yeah, it's really great in breaking that down. And I kind of know where to look for everything. Um, and then I can play the audio right inside of otter.ai too. So if I ever have any questions, or if I ever question myself about um, who's speaking, because transcription services aren't always the most accurate, or they transcribe stuff wrong sometimes. So if I ever have a question, I can just pop my headphones on, um, hit play really quick and feel, get the clarity I need and then move on. I think it is an amazing tool. And I have the app on my phone and sometimes I'll record if I'm not on Zoom and I'm interviewing somebody, right? Like for whatever mm -hmm. reason, it's not a Zoom call or we're talking about like, can I just record this? And I press, you know, my app, um, my Otter app and I catch it, I grab that conversation that way. I know a lot of people that I talk to, small business people who are trying to do a blog, they've outsourced their blog writing, and sometimes they come back and they feel as though that blog writer doesn't sound as smart as they do. And I'm like, well, of course mm -hmm. they wouldn't because they're not you and they haven't, they don't have 15 years of expertise in the same area that you do. And right. so one of the things that I've been suggesting lately is that if you're the client, just maybe talk for 15 minutes about the topic you want so that the writer can see and understand what it is you're trying to convey those really finer points that make you sound smart, right? Because they're only going to maybe hit the superficial otherwise. So that's another right, way yeah. to use Otter AI. I just think it's a great tool. It is. It really is. And what about some of the other tools? So we use Zoom for the podcast and otter.ai. And then what do you edit in? I edit in GarageBand. Um, I chose GarageBand a little bit because it's just kind of the major platform. It's super easy and it, it's already downloaded right to my computer um, because I use a Mac. So that was really simple. But I also, before I even started podcasting, because I had no knowledge of how to do any of it before, um, and Colleen was like, we're starting a podcast. Uh, she was like, pick your tools. You got all of that, but you just got to learn how to do it. And I was like, okay. So um, I started out watching Pat Flynn's videos on YouTube, and he actually um, has a whole set of videos that are just for introduction to podcasting, which is really great. So I watched all of those videos. There's probably five to 10 in there. And he did everything in GarageBand and he showed how seamless it was, how straightforward. GarageBand looks super complicated on the outside, but once you really narrow down what you're using it for, and especially for us, we're only using it for voice editing. It's really 
pretty simple. So Colleen, she'll record the episodes and she does separate audio for each so that I can edit each audio track and isolate in case like say we're Colleen and I are having a conversation and there's background noise in my audio, but not in hers. Um, then I can take out that audio without it affecting our, any of the podcast audio. So it's a really great way to um, take out any mistakes and edits. So I'll take both of those audio tracks and place them into GarageBand and I kind of just listen just for mistakes. So I'm while I'm trying to hear the entire conversation, what I'm really focused on is hearing any sharp sounds or um, external noise in the background that could be distracting in the podcast. And then I'll just go in and edit, take those out, push all the audio together so that it still is flowing in the same way. And that's just the way that I edit. And then I can also put in our introduction and conclusion um, and drop that in as a separate audio file at the end of the podcast too, which is really great because it just is super, super simple to do. And then where does it go after it's all edited? Because I was like, Hey, are you going to use this? And you're like, no. And I'm like, Oh, okay. How come? What are you using? <laughs> so first it goes from GarageBand and I click share to iTunes. So that allows me to get that MP4 file um, for me to upload elsewhere. So it, GarageBand works right with iTunes that I can download that entire file into one audio file, which is really great. And then I go to Buzzsprout and Buzzsprout was recommended to me. Um, Pat Flynn also brings it up as one of the host sites. So host site for podcasts is basically a way where you can drop in your episode, drop in your show notes, your links, your tags so that it shows up in SEO summaries, your podcast image, all that goes into the podcast and then it'll actually distribute it to iTunes, to Spotify, to um, we have Stitcher, Google Play. So any of those podcasting platforms that you guys listen to our podcast on or any podcast on, it'll upload to those automatically. And then it also builds your own website for you. So it's been really great in the sense that we can not only link to our direct website, but we can also distribute it on various platforms. And then actually, if, if I'm correct, and tell me if I'm not, um, from Buzzsprout, we actually embed that Buzzsprout page right into WordPress. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so pretty simple. And it looks good, and then it's consistent. So it actually, yeah. I like the consistency from one place to another, right? I think that's mm -hmm. super important. We've covered a lot of tools, and yeah. so now I have some other questions. As you think about when you came here last June, um, mm -hmm. thinking about doing marketing, yep. was your idea of doing marketing similar to what it actually turned out to be, or different than it turned out to be, or like, what did you think, right? Like when you look back on that. Yeah, so I think, Marketing is just such a broad field um, and can be taken in so many different directions. So my idea of marketing was more of um, email marketing based, a lot of those general positions that you see. But as I started learning all of the things that I had the responsibility to take over, I kind of saw that this was just not going to be your typical marketing position. And that's because we have so many different resources and tools that we use um, to get our content out that it actually allowed me to to just 
rapidly expand in not only emails, but in paid advertising and, and marketing through LinkedIn, through writing and blogging, but also copy editing and writing my own content, also writing profiles. So my roles and responsibilities were really not centered on one area of marketing, which I really liked because I felt like I kind of got to dive into all of the different areas and see what I was the best at, but also allow Intero to just expand in all of those areas as well. And it's not like you had a huge budget to work with. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am always willing to try a tool or two, but but then we have to justify it, right? Like we just talked to last right. week about, hey, are we using, we have the subscription, and I won't say which platform, um, but are we using all that we're paying for? And if not, then we'll pull, we'll pull it back a little bit, and then we'll put that money toward a different tool maybe. So it's even though we have some mainstays that we we could not do business without, we're always willing to take a look at some new things. Yeah, definitely. And it, it might be that one tool is really working for us for our needs in, in the moment. Um, but then two, three months down the road, we, we, we either find something else or we just realize that we're really not utilizing that tool to us its fullest potential anymore and that paying for that level of the membership for that tool just it isn't beneficial to us so we definitely kept some core tools that we paid for over the at least the course that I've been here but in the past but I think that there's also been some tools that just haven't worked out for us long term and that's okay I mean tools are always evolving and there's always new stuff coming out um, Colleen probably sends me a new tool once a week maybe that she's like what about this can we use this and, and I, I like will look into it and I'll tell her yes or no and I try to give my most honest opinion because I think that there's some things out there that are super valuable and really worth transitioning into your company and then there's just others that are ready to not be there and so I think with a couple of things it's really important for um, people who are hiring marketing professionals to really think about is what set of tools do, th do they have at their disposal? What do they know? What are they um, comfortable with? And how does that work within your company? And, and I would definitely say it is really can be a red flag if they don't have some of these digital tools on, you know, in their toolbox, right? It, I think that yeah. that can really not only makes a marketing person dated, um, mm -hmm. but it just makes the learning curve longer. Right. And I think it, it's, maybe it's not even specific tools. Some of the time it's just general, like there are so many tools out there for yeah. email marketing, but at least having some sort of knowledge on one of those tools, they all kind of work the same way that you should be able to adapt to any sort of email marketing platform, but not having the knowledge and expertise for one of them is definitely a red flag. And we haven't even mentioned LinkedIn. But it is a tool yeah, that we yeah. certainly value, use every day, yeah. and would certainly yeah. be in there. But we thought we would just take a break from talking about LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say my top three tools, and then you can mention yours. Mine would be okay. Calendly, Zoom, mm -hmm. and Grammarly. Yeah, I think mine would definitely be WordPress. Um, I don't know how I would do my job without WordPress. Grammarly, definitely. and um, I think my third one would definitely be Zoom just because of coaching and profile development. 
right? And so I would highly suggest if you haven't checked out any of these tools or maybe there's just a new one, you know, that's just come up for you today, check it out. I think it's really important that we all kind of have a mindset of, I don't have to pay for this tool, but most of these tools have a, a freemium version. Just give it a whirl, right? Test it. Yeah. See how it might help you either as an individual professional or rolling it out in your company. And even if it creates a little bit of efficiency for you, that's a, there's upside there. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. Sarah, how do you keep, um, other than me sending you links, how else do you keep up to date on what new tools are coming out? So I definitely subscribe to a lot of the tools that I use. I subscribe to their newsletters. So Intercom, especially when I was learning how to use that, I subscribe to all of their newsletters. That way I knew anytime they added a feature or anytime something was changing, I was able to just click the link and go right in, teach myself right away. Um, I think like the quicker that you act on those changes and you try to learn them, the easier that it is versus just jumping in when you actually need that tool and then you kind of have to teach yourself and use the tool. So I definitely would su suggest subscribing to any of the newsletters for the tools that you're using. That's one of the main ways. And then I also suggest following any company pages on LinkedIn. A lot of tools will give updates on there as well or I just use my LinkedIn feed. I, I follow a lot of influencers on LinkedIn that will share tools that they're using or insight from a tool that they're using, which I think is a really great way to kind of see what's out there and see what people like you are using. Right. In another episode, we'll talk more about CRMs and I'm going to try to get some people to um, talk about the CRMs that they like the best. But if you have any tools that you're using, share them with us. We'd love to hear about what you're using, how effective they've been for you and your business. So let us know, drop us a line, and we will talk to you shortly. Thanks so much for joining us today. We've enjoyed spending this time with you. And that's all for Indispensable. Thanks for joining us. We hope to catch you on our next episode. Grab our show notes, review them, check out the links included, and head over to interoadvisory.com to learn more about the work that we do in our community and with our clients.